You know, I've been sitting here wondering most of the week, how does a coach even go forward without respect in the locker room? I mean, of course, I've gotten emails from people telling me that I'm an idiot and the Saints have played well the last four or five games. It's got to have some kind of respect. Can't just be a bum. I mean, did you look at who they played? That's my question. I have other questions. What about the NFL wild card weekend? That's coming up. We've got picks to make. We've got all kinds of stuff to talk about. Larry Holder is on. We're going to get to it on Datitude next. If you're looking for the latest scoop and in-depth interviews on the Saints, the NFL, the Pelicans, LSU, along with the best bets of the week, then lucky you. Along with high-powered, in-the-know guests who cover our teams, Jim Derry brings plenty of datitude. And he'll always tell you the way it is, or at least the way he thinks it is. Where you at, New Orleans? And hello to all my friends elsewhere, everywhere out there. We say, we don't need no stinking respect. Who cares if they like us? Who cares if they believe in us? Who cares if they trust us? Dennis Allen don't need no stinking respect. They're just going to listen to whatever he says, whatever plays he calls. Just going to go out there and do it. Oh, boy. Can we, put a, can we put a wrap on the 2023 Saints? I'm really going to try today. I'm really, really, really going to try today. On this Friday, January 12th, 2024, it's Datitude, episode number 204. I'm Jim Derry, sports betting, sports betting writer at the Times Picayune, the advocate, and bet.nola.com. Um, look, I'm serious. I, I, I've said, I, I keep joking about this because I started with Derry's Dime on Monday. I had Bayou Bets Monday afternoon. I had Bayou Bets yesterday afternoon. And I had my chat with Larry Holder that's coming up here on DAT in just a few minutes. I mean, how much more can you... I joke because it's not beating a dead horse. It's chopping the dead wood. We're going to chop, chop, choppy some dead wood here. Paul Bunyan still has his job. It's pretty obvious by now he's not going anywhere. I mean, Bill Belichick's gone. Nick Saban's gone. Pete Carroll's gone. But this dude's still here. What the hell is wrong with this world? I don't, I don't get it. I, I don't get it. Look, I want to be nice to Dennis Allen. I want to be wrong about, I hope I'm wrong. I hope that it comes out later that players say, no, man, we had a lot of respect for Dennis Allen in that locker room. And, like, we actually believe him when they say it. I hope that happens. Don't see it. Don't think it's going to happen. But I'm not going to spend this whole show talking about that today. I'm really not. Um... Again, it's NFL Wild Card Weekend. Larry and I get to that at some point. We talk about all six games. Um, and quite strangely, Larry, I, Larry and I are together on five of six. We are in agreement on five of six games, which means you need to go be betting the house against what we think. Because uh, that ain't happening. Look, you know what I haven't done as of late? Uh, I've gotten a lot of email. I appreciate them. I'm going to read some of them today. Um, I, if you want to send me email, if you want to comment, 
whether it's negative, positive, whatever, if you want to tell me I'm an idiot, I'll probably read that on the air too. Jderry at theadvocate.com. Uh, at Jim Derry Jr. on Twitter, X, whatever the hell you want to call it these days. Um, James, I don't know if it's Richard or Richard. James, we're going to call him Richard today. He says, Jim Derry, I love you, but I couldn't disagree more. To run a play out of victory formation is poor sportsmanship. Uh, I'm going to finish reading your email in just a minute, but James, who gives a rat's ass about sportsmanship these days? You got a locker room who doesn't respect our coach. We're worried about sportsmanship. That's where we are. He, say, he continues on to say, if they had lined up in the goal line and run it, that would have been poor sportsmanship too, but not quite as bad. If a Falcons player would have blown out a knee on a victory formation fake, it would have been 100 times worse. They'd have all offseason to get it fixed and for it to heal. It's the Falcons. Why are we trying to, like, care about what the Falcons think? I probably would feel different if it were, like, the Cleveland Browns or, I don't know, even, like, the Seattle Seahawks or the Arizona Cardinals. Think of another team that who cares? I mean, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Okay, I mean, maybe. This is the Atlanta Falcons. I don't give a rat's ass what they think. Why are we so worried about what they think? Oh, my God. The Atlanta Falcons... They might not like us anymore. Well, no shit. They're the Atlanta Falcons. We don't like them. They don't like us. I mean, there's a reason why we're talking about 28 to 3 10 years later or however long ago it was. We're not talking about it because we're trying to make them feel better about it. He asked himself, what about the, the time Peyton Manning fight, faked the spike to clock it? That's different. Clocking is a strategic move for a competitive game. This was victory formation for a game that was decided. Look, um, at the bottom, he says, listening to the pressers, I understand the players meant no disrespect. Uh, maybe they did. They just wanted to get their boy a touchdown, and in general, they made themselves look like a fools. Uh, James, he says, love the show. James, I appreciate you listening, and uh, I love you for loving us. But I... I get it. I get where you're coming from. So I understand where you're coming from. Just wholeheartedly disagree. I also think, by, by the way, I don't disagree with it was, it was disrespectful to their coach. I don't give a rat's ass about Atlanta. So that's the first point I think you're missing from what I'm saying. I don't care one iota what Atlanta thinks, not even a little bit. Like Jameis said, what's the difference between 41 to 17 and 48 to 17? There is none. So let's get that straight. What I do care about is even the way that I feel for DA now, I do feel like it was disrespectful to their coach, and they probably shouldn't have done it for that reason. But the fact they did, which is the point that's being missed here, the fact they did is all I need to know about whether Dennis Allen can be a coach. They don't respect him. And it's not Jameis Winston. It's everyone on this team, apparently. All 11 players, or at least 10 of the 11, Taysom Hill, you could argue, was not in on it because the play was over and Taysom Hill was back there protecting in case someone recovered the fumble, if there were a fumble. So at least 10 of the 11 players on the field at that moment were in on it. It's not Jameis Winston. Stop blaming Jameis Winston. But regardless, you're missing the bigger point. 
Everyone who doesn't understand this, this is what I'm trying to explain. The bigger point is the Saints have a major problem right now because there is zero doubt. They showed their hand, and Dennis Allen talked about it in the press conference afterward. I told them to kneel it. They came to me and said they wanted to give Jamal a touchdown. I told them no. They did it anyway. What does that say? What does that say? I mean, a lot of you out there are parents, okay? Think of something major. Your son says, Dad, I want to go to this party. He's, let's say, 16. I want to go to the party. There's going to be drinking there. I might have a few beers, and then I'm going to come home. Are you out of your mind? Absolutely not. You're not going anywhere. 8.30, you go up. He's not in his room. You don't know where he is. You find out he went to the party, comes home drunk. What do you do? What do you do? Well, I mean, in my day, you beat his ass. You can't do that today, though. You punish him for a week, whatever it is. He didn't respect your wishes. You have to have discipline. There's not any discipline here because there is, he, he, he doesn't have a respect, enough respect on this team to discipline because the brothers and sisters in the family, they don't respect him either. That is the problem. I mean, if little Joey goes out when he's not supposed to because dad told him not to go to the party and you're absolutely not going to go drink, and he comes home drunk and you didn't know where he was, I mean, for the most part, Susie's going to come in and, and tell Joey, you're a little dumbass. He told you not to go, whatever. You're missing the point. It just shows where this team is. That's where I'm trying to get. Don Hoffman, a couple of thoughts about the end of the game. They lined up, and same thing, the normal gun. Line up in V formation to catch them off guard is pretty blank, and luckily no one was injured. The Saints have been giving the middle finger to Jameis all year long, and he gave them one back. That's another point that I've been trying to make. Jameis knows he's gone. I said this Monday. Jameis Winston knows he is gone. He is not coming back to this team. And was completely screwed over by Dennis Allen the way that he was treated. I don't, you can hate Jameis Winston all you want. You cannot like eating the dub. You cannot like the way he dances in the locker room. That says other things about you that I'm not going to get into here. But one thing that I don't think that any of you can understand is if you feel that way is if you're watching this on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, if you're sitting your $8 million backup quarterback to put in a guy whose shoulder he can barely move it and had a concussion last week and whatever other reason you're sending Derek Carr out there when 31 other teams wouldn't send Derek Carr out there, you got a problem. That's a middle finger to Jameis Winston in my opinion. And the fact that he gave you one back with help from 10 of his other friends on the field at the time makes it better. Again, I'll say this again. I said it Monday. Show me an instance where one single Saints player took up for Dennis Allen, said we shouldn't have done that. Or not even said we shouldn't have done that. Said, I have complete and total respect for my coach. You don't even have to talk about that play. 
You don't have to diss your friends on the team, your fellow players, your colleagues. Show me one tweet, one Facebook post, one Instagram post, one interview on ESPN, anywhere, in a newspaper, anywhere, where a player says, I have complete respect for Dennis Allen and my coaching staff. You can't find it because it hasn't been said. You can't find it. Christopher Lane wants to know, uh, he says, right on, man. He's 110% with me. He wants to know how he writes a letter to Gail Benson. Um, Chris, I'm sorry I haven't responded personally, but if you're listening, I don't know if I can help you with that, my brother. You're going to have to find that one on your own. I don't know if she's going to answer. Paul Seymour is 65 years old. Listening to me. Thank you. Paul, 65, man. I'm not too, too far behind you. Listening to my podcast Monday. For the first time, it sounds like someone in the media gets it. My words and my sentiments were spot on. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but he basically says, he's been saying for a year and a half we are in the race to mediocrity. A lowering of the standards. Dennis Allen has been has taught by his press conferences how to give his team excuses, reasons for poor performance on the field. He loves to take credit for all the junk stats somewhere in the middle of a game or a season, but fails to seem to understand that unless you win, these junk stats are merely a footnote. The end, he says, until Mrs. Benson or Mickey Loomis, although he's lost faith in Mickey as well, publicly state this is not how we roll and have a much higher standard then he's more interested in the Denver Broncos, which is where he lives now, than his hometown Saints. And to everyone who knows him, they know those would be the most shocking words they've ever heard. I hear you, man. I hear you. That's where we are. You lost respect, that, that's who you are. It's not like you get respect, but I, I mean, I guess it happens, but in rare cases, you lose respect you don't really get it back too often. Now, winning cures and solves a lot of problems. So, yeah, you can find a way to come back from it if you start winning. But how do you do that? I mean, here we are almost a week after the season's over. And forget about Dennis Allen for a second. I am not trying to be mean. I'm just saying what I think needs to be said. How in the hell does Pete Carmichael still have a job a week after the season's over. I'm being serious. I'm not trying to be a dick. How in the hell does Pete Carmichael have a job? I don't understand it. I don't care if you bring someone else, a la John Gruden, which is a whole nother story that we're going to have to get into probably at some point. But I don't care who you bring in, even if it's to call the plays. What good... What purpose does Pete Carmichael serve on this team? I don't understand. And no one feels like they need, you don't need to explain it to me, but I would think you'd want to explain it to the however many tens of thousands of season ticket holders you have that give up a large chunk of their salaries every year so they can go to eight or nine games a year. But they don't care about that. 
They don't care what the fan thinks. I get into that with Larry coming up. I truly, honestly believe. And maybe the Saints, uh, the Saints probably aren't on an island. Most of them probably don't think or care what the, what the fan thinks. And it's okay if it's a few rogue, outlying thoughts of fans. You always have that. But it's not the outlying fan anymore. It's a vast majority. If you polled the 70,000 people who were in the Dome last Sunday, and, okay, go ahead and take out the, let's say there were 8,000 Falcons fans. If you polled 62,000 Saints fans who were in the Dome and paid their hard-earned money to be in that Dome, or most of them did, without getting free tickets, how many of them you think should Dennis Allen should be the coach in 2024? Oh, that doesn't matter. What do they know? does matter. They're the ones paying, them and the networks, for you to exist. The Saints were bought for what? I don't know, $75 million back in 1985 by Tom Benson? They're worth over $7 billion today. I think that's a pretty good return on your investment. How did they become worth over $7 billion? Well, you've been selling out the Dome for the last, I don't know, 18 years, 17 years, you've been selling out the Dome. You got lucky you brought in the right coach. Everybody loved Sean Payton. Everybody loved Drew Brees. For the most part, everybody loved Mickey Loomis. Now they're even starting to turn on Mickey Loomis. But it stems with one guy. Why are you that determined? What is going on? Why are you that determined? It almost makes you wonder to keep this guy around. It's almost like, you know how Jameis Winston gave the middle finger to basically Dennis Allen and the Saints? Because that's what that was. I'd lay 10 to 1 odds Jameis Winston's not going to be back here next year. That was a, you can't come back from that. And he knows that. But he knew he wasn't coming back anyway, which is why he did it. But if, I, I just don't understand. Why, why, why are you not concerned at all what anyone thinks? That's what I don't get. And they aren't. And we'll go forward. And I got more emails. I got more tweets uh, at me, but I don't have time to read them all. So I'm going to leave it at that. We've got to get to Larry Holder's Zaria Long podcast. But I, I think you understand where I'm coming from. I think most of you agree with me at this point. I was on Dennis Allen's. I was behind him until that. It's like I said Monday. You know, when they did that, I didn't think of it out of victory formation. It was the Atlanta Falcons. I don't give a rat's ass. You cannot disrespect Atlanta Falcons enough. Oh, that's going to come back and haunt you. They're going to do that to you one day. I don't care. Who cares? They're going to do it with a different coach. You think a different coach is going to say, oh, remember when they stuck it to Arthur Smith? No. They're not going to care about that. And if they do, who cares? It's the Atlanta Falcons. I'd expect nothing less. They're not going to get respect from the Falcons, nor should you give them any. They don't care. Now, look at other organizations. The Patriots can say whatever they, that you want. That wasn't a mutual parting of the ways. If anyone who thinks that was a mutual, you don't let go of a coach you've had for 24 years and you hire another one the next day. <laughs> that doesn't happen. They fired Bill Belichick without saying the word fire. Seattle fired Pete Carroll without saying the word fired. 
Actually, I, they actually might have said the word fire. I don't even know. But Pete Carroll, look what's happened in Seattle the last three years. Nine and eight, nine and eight, seven and ten. You know what? That's the exact same record the Saints have had the last three years. And if Pete Carroll can get fired for going nine and eight, nine and eight, and seven and ten, then why the hell wouldn't you fire Dennis Allen? Now, one of those years was Sean Payton. But still, so what? The team's going in the wrong direction. A guy sitting in his home studio with a self-bought mic and computer is telling you that it's the wrong decision and knows that it's the wrong decision and will sit here next year and replay this little clip and tell you, I told you then, we all told you then, but yet you're going to make us all go down this road. You're going to make us go down this road and you'll just start the process a year later. Why? No, there's no respect in the locker room, and quite frankly, fans are going to start losing respect for your franchise. That's, that's what's going to happen next. You think the, uh, the blue and silver in the dome against the Lions was ugly this year? Wait till after about game one or game two next year. Yep, the first game, season opener, whoever you play in the season opener, it'll be packed. There'll be plenty of people in the dome. The Saints fans will be back for at least for a little bit. They'll forget about all this mess. But when you go like two and three or three and four or whatever it is, and you're playing, I mean, what's it going to be like when the Denver Broncos come to town? If they don't make that, they need to make that as early in the season as possible. If the NFL has any brains whatsoever, they'll make that like the first game and put it on Sunday night because, A, there are going to be more Broncos fans in the Dome if you don't do it after the first month. And actually, Saints fans probably rooting for Sean Payton. I'm not kidding. And B, it really might be the only chance you get to put the Saints in primetime as early in the season when people still think they might matter. It's, I mean, think about it. What about the Philadelphia Eagles? You play them in December... What kind of fan base? What what kind of fans you think gonna have in that dome if the Saints play the Eagles in the dome in December? Gonna be Eagles fans. Not gonna be any Saints fans there. It's gonna be embarrassing. I'm not making this stuff up. I'm not just saying it to be a jerk. Okay. If anyone from the Saints organization is listening to me right now, I'm not saying this stuff to get people to listen to me or to make a headline or. I don't care if one person listens to this show or 50,000 listen to it. I'm telling you, it's like Phil Anselmo says when I start this thing, I'm telling you the way that it is or at least the way that I think it is. And I'm not doing it to get anyone to click, listen, whatever. I'm just telling you my thoughts. And my thoughts are that if you don't make a change and it doesn't look like you're going to, that we're going to be sitting here next year with at best, and I mean at best, a 9-8 and eight record. I don't think that's going to happen because I'm going to be betting the under. I think it's going to be more like six or seven wins next year. The downfall has already started. Just because your record went up doesn't mean you got any better. The only reason why this team may have been just a tinge better is because of Derek Carr. And I know a lot of you hate Derek Carr out there, so you're like laughing at that or whatever, but think about it. 
You went from the debacle of the years of Taysom Hill's not a quarterback. We know that. Trevor Simeon. Uh, Jameis Winston not getting a real chance. Andy Dalton, what a joke. A surefire way to go 7-10, and 10, I tell you that last year. Derek Carr's a, a good quarterback. Is that a great quarterback? He's never going to be a great quarterback. He was never going to be a great quarterback. He's a good quarterback. He's a good enough quarterback to you if you have the pieces surrounding him. If you have a good offensive line and you have a decent coach and you have the defense that you were supposed to have, not the one you had, by the way, you could be a playoff team again. You could have a chance to make a run with Derek Carr, 100%. Saints don't have that. They don't have that. Is it gonna it just I don't when's it gonna get better? I don't know. All right, let's get to Larry and then I will wrap it up um, with some other thoughts beyond just the Saints. Again, I'm really gonna try to, to turn the page after this week. I mean, you can't talk about this team, obviously, without talking about the past, without talking about 2023 and 2022 and where this team's going. But we need to start looking forward. I don't know how. And if I'm wrong, I'll be the first one to tell you, yippee, I'm wrong. Great, the Saints are good. Much more fun. I hope that's the case. I just don't see it. But I'm going to try to move on after this. But we have a little time here with Larry. We have an hour-long conversation. We spend about 30 to 35 minutes of it on the Saints. We spend about 25 minutes or so on uh, the NFL playoffs and our thoughts for the weekend. Should be a really fun weekend. And if it goes down the way we think it's going to go down, next week could be even more fun. Let's see what Larry thinks. What is going on, Larry Holder? I guarantee you this won't be the last time we talk about the 2023 season. Like, I could have cut you off right there, but I was going to let you go. And I will say, luckily for me, uh, in the position that I'm in and the job that I have now, I don't have to talk and write about the Saints every day because I have certainly paid attention to the chatter and anger and everything that's happened over the last several days stemming back to what happened toward the end of last game and the aftermath and everything. So it's been... It's been entertaining, but I'm glad I don't necessarily have to jump into the fray, I guess, until now, right? I guess well, I got you, to You now. do still live in New Orleans. You still got to listen to it. So, you know, it's funny because as we were going off the air and buy you bets yesterday and we we're giving our final thoughts and I was talking about Datitude this morning. I was talking about how, you know, you're going to come on and you don't write about the Saints anymore, but you said exactly what, what, what I said you would say. I don't, I don't cover them anymore, but I still got to deal with the crap. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing. Like, if this probably, I'll just put it on a national level. If you haven't, if we haven't had like the the week of you know historically great coaches yeah. either be fired or oh, stepped away, Lordy. this would probably have been a bigger story nationally. I know it's gotten some play for sure, uh, but you know this week has been chaotic with with all the coaching. Uh, changes uh, across not just the NFL, obviously with Nick Saban too. So, uh, but yeah, I, I do think though that man, it's something that you can't escape for sure, uh, given where you know where I live, and you know, it, it's certainly though. Uh, I'm not going to say I see both sides because I, I do feel like, well, we're going to get into it. Like, there's yeah, a side where where you can look at it on the surface and say. 
Well, there's an improvement. But, of course, you and me have talked about it. We didn't care how the record was, that something throughout the season has been off. Right. And now you see it, and now you know it. And so where do you go from here? And it's, yeah, I I know where the fans are. uh, You know, so that's, and they're not on on the same page as what's going on uh, within the organization. No, and we're going to get right into that in just a minute. I would, I will invite anyone out there. We'll be on the air for about 35, 40 minutes. If uh, you would like to leave a comment or question wherever you're watching, YouTube, Facebook, or X, Twitter, whatever you want to call it, uh, you are typing your comment. It'll show up here on my screen, and then I will then show it on the air and we'll talk about it here live um as we have mark's just jumping kind of right into things here he's asking if ben roethlisberger ray lewis deshaun watson Jameis winston get second chances why can't john gruden we haven't got that far mark give us give us a chance and then what are the chances that bill belichick nick saban pete carroll all croatian american why doesn't i don't understand that at all maybe mark i'm assuming you're a croatian american satanovich We've spent a lot of time at Drago, so, uh, uh, you know, are they Croatian? Are you Croatian, Mark? I don't even know. Um, but anyway, if, you're, if you want to ask a question or have, leave a comment, feel free. We'll show it on the screen. All right, I got to ask you, Larry, here's the thing. And I've talked about this all week long, and this is, this is my, the crux of the whole issue for me. When it comes down to Dennis Allen, I was actually all for Dennis Allen coming back next year. Um... The reason being is, look, I don't think next year, I think next year is going to be a mess. Uh, we've talked about this before. There's $75 million over the cap. Uh, at some point, you got to stop kicking the can. I think this is the stop kicking the can moment. Okay, I think this team needs to kind of rebuild from the floor up. That being said, he lost me when he seemed to prove that he doesn't have control over this locker room or at least doesn't have respect in the locker room. When your team, and you can blame Jameis Winston all you want. It was 11 guys that did what they did on that last play there. So whether you agree with them scoring on the touchdown or not agreeing with them scoring on the touchdown, it doesn't really matter. To me, it's a symbol of this locker room is lost. They don't care about Dennis Allen. They don't want to listen to Dennis Allen. And Mickey Lewis can go in there all he wants and say, let's play nice. We're going to change things next year. That didn't change a damn thing. Once you've lost the locker room, you've kind of lost the team. Well, it goes back to when I was covering the team, back when it kind of through the 14 through 16 seasons where uh, like, there was a, definitely a shift in culture. And, you know, part of it actually involved Dennis Allen actually helping the culture uh, return when he got back on the defensive side of the football uh, but you know, part of, and, that, and that was on the verge of Sean Payton, uh, one more season, and if it was it was mediocre, I mean, it was he was going to be gone. It was probably going to be one of those mutual partings right. of ways. Uh, so you're you're basically there now. But I, I think, uh, and it all goes back to look, he you know Dennis Allen is succeeding the greatest coach in Saints history, That's true. and it's. Look, and Sean Payton was one way. Dennis Allen is another, and I, I think the players who were there, uh, even younger players, like they follow suit. Like as as some of these players are acting, you know, the younger players who weren't around for Sean Payton, they're following suit. And I don't care if you have Cam Jordan and Demario Davis trying to make sure the players study film. I mean, like the fact that you have to do that. That's and and they feel like they don't have to do it. 
it, it's an indictment on the staff. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, and I'll, I'll harken back to what Sean Payton would say. You know, he's a, he's a teacher, and teachers have to kind of instill good habits and things like that. And if that's not happening uh, from the, the teachers part of this, even though the students are paid more than the teachers for well, a few of them are, not all of them, uh, but still, it, it's it's an indictment on the staff. I don't think there's any doubt about that. You and me have known this. We've known this throughout the whole season. Like, you could see it on the field, and you could see uh, the reactions in the locker room, and uh, you, you could see it. And so that's... Now how do you go forward, though, Larry? How, I'm with what you said there, I agree 100% with what you say. So how does this team go forward with a guy that, you know... I mean, I get he's not Sean Payton. He's not supposed to be. And nobody is. Nobody's Drew Brees. Derek Carr's not Drew Brees. We, we we understand that. But how do you go forward now with what what you just said? And this team that seems lost, and they don't want to play for this guy, or at least they haven't. A typical coach would have been fired in a typical organization. Like that's how that would have worked. I mean, this is this is not the norm. Like that we're going on here. Like that it's not. This isn't. And I think part of it is that the Saints know that they have to ride with a lot of what they have still in the locker room. I think that's part of it too. Like what, what, you know, you, you have the same, like the core of the team, it's not like it's going to change a ton and Mm -hmm. yeah, it can't like, so that's where you are. And so you got to fix that ship or next year it's going to be really bad. And then, uh, you know, you know that's and you're you're anticipating really bad. Uh, look, I I don't anticipate them winning nine games next year. Like I just no. Don't. You can look uh, at the, the opponents on the bottom of the screen, and I get you know one of the things that Jeff Duncan was pointing out earlier in the week was, you know, the opponents' winning percentage is bad again. It's forty five point three percent. That being said, the reason why it's so low is because if you take Carolina twice off of there and Washington off of there, it's a completely different. Even New York to some extent, this schedule's. You can look at it. It's clearly harder than it was this year. Much harder, I think. Well, look at the divisions you're playing. I mean, you're you're playing the 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 AFC East. I mean, uh, yeah, the, the NFC East and the AFC, AFC West. East, right. Yeah, right. and and so with that, I mean, it's inherently going to be harder. Like the Chargers are going to be better than they were last year, like this past year. Uh, and look, the Broncos the on their way up. The the, right. the Chiefs and the, playing the Chiefs and the Cowboys on the road. I mean, come on. And the Eagles. I mean, you, yeah. it, look, it, it, it's uh, the schedule's tougher. I mean, this was the year they blew it. They underachieved. That's the thing. Like they underachieved. Like that would be, even if there was no problems in the locker room, right. you still underachieved. Like that would be grounds for in a lot of organizations to be fired. I mean that that's just what it is. Well, and so I mean, that's that that's the thing. And I think Saints fans I, actually I know they're extremely frustrated that that's this is the way that this organization's run that impulsive left the building once Sean Payton left the building. Now it's more conservative now than ever uh in terms of of what what they're doing uh in making moves, making changes uh and and all those other things. Taylor asked, when does the media start looking at Mickey Loomis? His comments over the last few months scream incompetence and delusion, and ultimately the coaching staff and player personnel falling on his shoulders. Let me answer that. Let me answer I, I, that. I agree with part of it. Go ahead, Larry, but I don't agree with the with The, the media could look at Mickey Loomis however they want. They could say fire Mickey Loomis over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. It doesn't matter. 
That's what I've Mickey been Loomis, I can tell you this. This goes back to uh, when I was with the Times Picayune. I interviewed Tom Benson at the Greenbrier. I had like an like a 45 minute sit down with Tom Benson, and he was telling stories left and right. And I asked him a simple question. I said, What's the most important move you ever made uh, in your time being the Saints owner? It was it was immediate. Hired Mickey Loomis. Mickey Loomis is going it will never be gone unless he wants to step away. Which probably which probably at some point, and he kind of hinted that he was on the show about a about a, a little over a year ago. And he he sort of hinted that it's not gonna last forever and it's not even gonna last all that much longer, I don't think. So I don't I don't think uh, Mickey Loomis will I actually think Mickey's earned the right to stay as long as he wants. I that's my opinion. Um I did. I mean I can understand why some people wouldn't. But that being said, I just don't think he's going to stick around that much longer. He's not going to want to be around for this complete overhaul. This t- I, people can say whatever they want. This team has a complete overhaul in their very near future, whether fans like it or not. And they've already should have done it already. And I, don't, I just don't think that a 65 or however old Loomis is, is going to want to stick around to do that. Well, he's going to be part of the organization. Like, he could be yeah, there forever. Sure. Like, he's part of the succession plan if things would happen. Like, that's the thing. Like, it, it doesn't matter what yeah, we he say. He may want to retire and go sit on a boat somewhere. There's no doubt. Like, he, he will leave on his own terms. Like, that's where it's going to be. So, I, I mean, that's why, you, you know, people, I get it, and they come after why, why is the media harder you, we, you, we could say fire and fire and fire and fire and fire, and they don't, they're not going to listen to us. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, that that person in that job, it's not going to matter. And, look, if you look at the overall scope of what he's done, I mean, it's the most successful we've ever seen organization. But, obviously, this is a bad stretch. There's no doubt more about than it. Jim Finks. Yeah. Oh, certainly more successful than Jim Finks. And Jim Finks is, you look, you know, known as one of the smarter uh, – people in the NFL, like in his time and now. So yeah, like, that's just the thing. Like, is the job not satisfactory right now? Yes. But okay. You, you have what you have. And you, at this point in time, you hope they can write the ship with, in terms of that part of the organization. That's just what it is. Dustin says, and that's why it feels like they don't care about the fans, your money makers in the dome. I get that. I completely understand that. And, and I, you know what? I got to be honest, Dustin, I don't think they care about you. I really don't. I mean, I know that sounds stupid. It'd be like, you know, McDonald's saying, here's your Happy Meal. Uh, I don't care if your kids don't like, um, you know, this piece of chalk that's in it as their gift. We're not changing it. I mean, that's really kind of what it is. They don't care, I don't think. They care about the product. They want to be a winner. I can they tell you that. They care about the product. They want to be a winner. I don't think they care about Joe Blow who comes and watches the product. They want to be a winner, but they also look at it differently than a fan does. And some fans want to play fantasy football. And a lot of fans want to play fantasy football. Like, everybody wants to be fired every year. Like, that, obviously, that's not the recipe for success. But still, like, when you look at it in the way they're looking at it, I know this is the way they're looking at it. They improved. Their nine wins almost made the playoffs. Uh, and yet they are – tied to what they have for the very much most part of their roster. So they have to write the ship to me, at least for this year, before they can overhaul anything. Like, that's where they are. What would we be talking about on this show today had Tampa Bay 
lost to Carolina, and the Saints won the division, and we're hosting the E. Would we still feel the same way and be talking the same way if the Saints were going to the playoffs this weekend? Probably not, which is what's crazy because Tampa almost lost, and they looked They've looked bad the last two weeks. Like, they don't even deserve to be in the playoffs. They 100% agree. So It's like the Saints in the backstretch, they actually deserve to be in, which is wild. And so, it, it you know, it, and they're, here's the thing. They played two of their better games with this perceived strife going on. So it goes to show you how good they could have been, Larry. That's, that's probably what pisses me off more than anything. It shows how good they could have been because, you know, I had people write me and tweet at me and send me emails about, like, people actually were defending the, the status quo and saying that, you know, this, how can this team have lost a locker room, like you say, if they won four of their last five games? That doesn't mean jack crap to me because they won four of their last five games. They, haven't, they didn't play anybody until they actually played Tampa Bay and Atlanta, and you could argue that's not playing anybody either. And so they lost to the one team in that stretch that's in the playoffs, and that's the Rams. I don't count the Bucks because they won by default. So, and the teams they lost to the Rams, they lost by eight, but they should have lost by 20. So, I mean, I, you know, I, I don't think I would have feel any different. I would still say Dennis Allen needs to get fired. Even if, I mean, to me, if you lose the locker room, I don't care if you go to the playoffs or not. You can't go forward. If you look at it from where they're coming from, all right, say difference between playoffs or not. I mean, like that's and you look at next year, and I'm sure the Saints are have done are looking at this next year. Okay, which teams in the NFC South are going to be that much better than what they are now? Uh, you know, Carolina might not be two win Carolina, but they might be six win Carolina. I mean, they're having a new coach, they have bigger problems than the Saints have. Uh, Tampa, look, they could stick with Baker Mayfield, and it's they're going to be losing Mike Evans more than likely. He'll probably go to a winner uh, to try to round out his the end of his career. And, and then, you know, it's not like they were great. Atlanta, I mean, Bill Belichick could be their next coach, but can he turn that around immediately? Obviously, they will go get a new quarterback somewhere, somehow. They could trade up to number one. They could go get a veteran. They're they're. That's apparent. They're going to get a, 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 at least a, in their minds, a bona fide quarterback. So maybe they could be a little bit better. But still, the Saints probably walk into that division. If you say right now, would the Saints be the favorite in, to win that division next year? Like today, current state, you'd probably say yes. And that's probably. I'm not going to make them the favorite. I won't. I, well, I won't I'm just saying it. right this second. We haven't seen what's happened in the offseason moves. Uh, we could think differently now, but. In terms of where they are, each team as they stand now, the Saints. But that's also the most frustrating part about it, like you said, because they underachieved this year. I yeah, totally I, I underachieved. I, I will be betting whatever the under win total is. I promise you, I will be bet. I'm not going to be fooled again. I will not be fooled by this fake organization right now because that's what they are. And you keep throwing the things that you keep throwing out there, and you're a fake organization in my opinion. Nikwenta says, stay tuned. For more dysfunction, no doubt about it, it is definitely coming up on the horizon. Look, the personnel decisions that Loomis made. Now, some of these you're comparing apples to oranges. Penning, I get. Stinks. Stephon Anthony. You can't, you can't say drafting Davenport over Lamar Jackson. The Saints didn't need a quarterback. I mean, Drew Brees wasn't going anywhere anytime soon when Lamar Jackson was drafted. So, I mean, that's not really fair. 
Um, and, but you're, well, you're why don't right you list the hits? Like list the hits that made them successful. Alvin Kamara, which run. was what the year before Lamar Lamar Jackson. Like I think they did okay with that one. Uh, Lattimore. I mean, yeah, obviously exactly. Hendrickson's a great player. He played well and then left. But it, that's Marcus Williams was, was a good player. Now he like that's you can't pick one and the other. Like you need I to agree. balance it out. And the I records, the record shows it for itself. Like I don't yeah, know. You like, can't go back that far. That to me, that's not fair. All right, Mark, you've been asking about Trevor Penning for like a month now. So I'm going to show this comment and I'll, I'll see what Larry thinks. Was he A, a reach pick, still talented, no coaching, lacking in skill set to play in the NFL? I'm going to let Larry answer, but I'm going to answer first and give my opinion. Trevor Penning, and without, I hope he doesn't hear this because he might come and and beat me up if he hears me say this, because I think that's the only thing he's probably good at. Trevor Penning is a bum. He's, uh, if you watched him play, he's never going to be a starting lineman in this league. That was a wasted pick, in my opinion. But that being said, I liked it when they drafted him. I thought it was a good pick when they drafted him. You should be able to see this if you're the scouting department of the New Orleans Saints that it wasn't. But they swung and missed on that one, in my opinion. Larry, what's yours? The Saints were the only ones who liked him. That's, that's the true. Thing. Like that that's true. the thing. Like I think he, what what he was able to do against inferior competition in college. And what he did at the Senior Bowl, I think that convinced NFL teams that he could do it. I mean, like that's – and sometimes those are misses. And he gets in up against the big boys and flounders. And then it's like I'll, – I'll do another example where uh, you have a guy who has good measurables, does well against inferior competition, uh, shows off at the combine, shows off in, in, in workouts – and injuries aside, maybe you see see where I'm going at. Teron Armstead would should have been like a first round pick, yeah. like so at a left tackle, and you know he's deservedly a Pro Bowl caliber player. But injuries have been his biggest issue. But still, like that, if you flip flopped him, okay, like that. Yeah, that's the thing. Like sometimes you get it right, and sometimes you don't. I mean, they didn't get it right. I mean, that's that's just it. I just don't think I agree with you. I don't think he's he's a starting caliber lineman, and that's. Sometimes that happens. I mean, and you don't like that, that's a miss. I mean, that's there's nothing you can say about it. Miss. He, like someone in the, someone else in the in the in the the draft would have taken him in the first round too, and they would have missed. So I just think it was a miss, a misdiagnosis of a prospect through many organizations. I will, say, I will say this about the team though, and I'll give them credit for this. They at least real they didn't they weren't stubborn, and we said this in the beginning of the year. I I thought they were going to be stubborn and just. Let us stick him out there and let Derek Carr get killed. So at least when Andrus Pete was healthy enough, they put Andrus Pete in there at left tackle, which he's not even a tackle, and I thought he did a pretty good job. So all you Andrus Pete bashers out there, I actually thought, barring, you know, he missed probably five or six games, but overall, I thought Andrus Pete might have had his best season as a Saint. I thought he played outstanding. As for in, him, a, in a pinch, he did better than you thought, and that's way like, better. Because the expectations were very low, obviously, but still, oh. in a pinch, you did well. He he did well enough, but it, you know, it's it's just something that uh, that's the most impulsive move they've made all year. Yeah, no, I agree, and it was a good. It was, and it was the right one. Right. But you know what's what's sad, and we as we stay on the offensive line, we can't talk about the Saints much longer because we're going to move on the the playoffs part of this thing. I don't have uh, carpool or early dismissal, so you you we can okay. go. We can go. Um. I will say this. 
just remember how long ago, it wasn't that long ago when the, the Saints had a top five offensive line. I mean, one thing when you have a Drew Brees is you make sure you're going to protect his butt. He's not going to get blindsided. Drew Brees didn't get sacked. So you can hate Derek Carr all you want, but when you got basically by most accounts, I know the athletic and pro football focus are both somewhere around the range of anywhere from 26 to 30, depending on how you look, where you look, ranking-wise. So to drop that far, that fast, for this team not to address, to me, the most, besides quarterback, the most important spot on the field is a major problem. Drew also helped his offensive line by being one of the fastest person to get rid of the football in the league habitually. So there, so that covered up, even when the Saints had question marks along that offensive line, he didn't get as many sacks because he got rid of the football quickly. Derek Carr, uh, you know, at times he holds it too long and should be getting rid of the football. You know, he's not, he's not slow. Like Derek Carr isn't like super slow, but he's not the fastest like some other kids. So, you know, look, 0.3 seconds on average can get you sacked a lot more if, if you'd got rid of ball 0.3 seconds quicker on average. Like that's, it's just what the numbers are and it's true. Um, but obviously the saints offensive line, like a lot, but a lot of the guys that they had, like, like even when, you know, Drew Brees was still there, like it wasn't like the offensive line was bad. I think part of it is that uh, you have regressed in talent. And then at quarterback, I mean, let's look at the guys who have played quarterback the last couple of years. Again, they're not getting the ball out as quickly as Drew Brees. The skill position players aren't quite the same either. Like, you've had a regression all over the map. And it bothers me, though, that, that he gives Derek Carr such grief. He's basically the 12th highest paid quarterback in the league. And guess where he was rating-wise amongst a lot of ratings? 12. Oh, so he did a little road, right. He, he, he did him, basically exactly what he was supposed to do. You gave him mid-tier quarterback pay that's the going rate sorry people right it that is is the rate for exactly. a veteran. that's too bad i don't it doesn't matter i trust me here at all time i've been better off million for Derek Carr. i'm like that is the rate right, exactly it, like daniel jones me. got paid something like that and he's not even he's not middle tier he's lower tier he got paid more than that actually right so it's just like that is the rate get over yeah, it. Like you, you only get lucky if you're Brock Purdy, yeah, like like you you find a diamond in the rough all of a sudden, and that and you don't have to pay him for a couple of years, and you right. build around him. Same thing happened with Russell Wilson in Seattle. Once they had to pay Ooh. Russell Wilson, they weren't getting the Super Bowls anymore, and this, that, and the other. Like that's that is the the goal. Denver, Denver has buyer's remorse. There's no question about it. They're oh. they're going to eat a lot of that that cap, and just a we got two Dustin comments. Dustin Brown says, "Watch Daniels will be there when the Saints." Or for the draft. First of all, Jane Daniels will not be there at 14. There's there's about a 0.2% chance that Jane Daniels would have to do really something dumb in the offseason for him to be there at 14 when the Saints draft. Um, and if the Saints don't draft an offensive line, I'm just going to lose my... I mean, for, frankly, for a lack of a better term, I'm just going to lose my shit. That's what's going to happen. If the Saints don't draft an offensive lineman with their first pick in the draft, I'm going to go insanely crazy and Larry won't want to talk to me. There should be viable linemen who play for viable programs. Absolutely. Who have played against viable competition. You mean SEC offensive linemen, Big Ten offensive linemen? Right. You will have that. Somebody like that. You will have that there. 
when they yeah. draft. So let's go further. If they don't draft an offensive lineman that's either from the SEC or the Big Ten, I'm probably going to go insane. So, <laughs> there you go. Probably. Dustin McCann says, let's talk culture. I mean, Dustin, that's what we've been talking about most of the morning. So I think that's where we are. And I think it is the culture. And you don't you lose a Sean Payton. And look, I get it. You kind of, especially when it happened the way that it happened, obviously Sean took this team by surprise, okay? They weren't ready for this. And so it's their fault to me that they just said, well, let's stay. It's kind of what the Patriots are doing right now, and I have some Patriots friends who are really upset that Jared Mayo uh, is going to be the, Gerard Mayo is going to be the, the coach of the New England Patriots. A lot of people are upset. But I think they're trying to stay the status quo with the Belichickian era, right? The Saints tried to do the same thing. But at some point you say, it doesn't work. Well, we don't know if it's not going to work for New England. But, yeah, that was that was riding on the wall. Doesn't matter what was going to happen with Mike Vrabel. None of that was going to matter. Like, that, Jared Mayo was the guy. That Obviously, was they hired him right away. Right. That was known. Uh, you know, people – it's funny because, you know, people who say we're reporting on the team – you know, sometimes you, you run with stuff and sometimes you don't. It's like, all right, well, you know it, but you, you're not riding right. it yet. Right. But that was what it was. Like, I could tell you, we had it prepped in our Bill Belichick file yeah, for yeah. like weeks. Like, Jared Mayo, maybe Mike Vrabel, but it's going to be Mayo. Like, yeah. so that was going to happen. Like, and, but that's the same thing with the Saints had. It was and, from the get go. Right. And uh, that's the thing, though. Say, say they win one more game. And they would have been ten and seven. Then you probably would have said yeah. it worked because they would have. Because here's the thing: if they would, if one of those wins would have come against a team that was probably in the playoffs and like they would actually played better and that sort of thing. And so, it probably would have had a little bit different. But that's how it shows shows you how razor thin it is. And also in the locker room, it shows you how razor thin it is. Like this team's good enough. There obviously is not. A, there's a disconnect. They don't have the ultimate respect of their of their coach and feel like they don't have to do everything that's being asked of them. And they still won nine games. Like, imagine if you had a coach that they respected, maybe they would have won a lot. And look, going forward, as we, you know, get past this, and, you know, I, I asked, I'm semi-joking when I say, why would, you know, how long are we going to talk about 2023? We're going to put it in the past. But I am going to move on. I mean, my thoughts have been known. I mean, you can't. I was joking with my friend from down the street uh, as we were bringing our daughters to the bus stop this morning. I mean, you can only you can't beat a dead horse, or as I joked yesterday, you can only chop dead wood for so long. Uh, and so I've made my feelings known on Dennis Allen. I think everyone who listens to this show on a regular basis knows how I feel. It'll come up at different points, but at some point you got to start talking about the future. And I think you know Larry's going to be here at least through the, the playoffs here, and I'm sure. We will talk about the Saints, but I think it's going to be after this show. I think you got to start talking more about the future, right? I mean, you can't just keep. Um, well, the future could easily include uh, coaching staff changes, and I know a question was brought up about John, John Gruden. Gruden. Right. I mean that I, I I would I would figure that would happen. I mean, he's got to like kind of like be able to dip his toe a little bit to kind of get his way back in to the NFL. So I, that wouldn't shock me at all. But here's what's funny. I, when, I, when I saw uh, what Jeff was reporting, uh, of course, Jeff Duncan, and I was thinking, man, is Dennis bringing on his replacement? Just like Sean brought on Rob Ryan's replacement at, that Dennis yeah. was at. Is Dennis bringing in his, in his replacement? I think like that's a curious. chance of that. <laughs> right. You know, because really, the Saints uh, are, are beat to their own drum, as we've seen. 
I don't think they would care what anybody thinks about. I'm not saying what I think. I'm just telling you, and I'm kind of staying away from this because I, I don't. I'm not. I'm not getting into the the the. The, the outside effects of John Gruden, whether it would be a good hire. If he ever get, gets hired, we'll talk about it then. But I, I'm just telling you that I don't think the Saints care about that kind of stuff. I think if they think he's the best hire and fit, and he does come on in, a, in an assistant capacity, in an assistant, however you call it, an advisory position, which, let's, let's face it, if he comes on, he's probably going to be calling the, the plays. Uh, and Pete Carmichael might stay on and name, which, why he still has a job, that's a whole different story. But if, like you said, if, does, if it goes south again next year, like I think you and I both think is going to happen, would they make consider John Gruden as a head coach if he had already been on the staff for a year? I mean, that's interesting. But that, I mean, but that's another thing where you talk about locker room culture with a locker room buy into John because of all his uh, past transgressions that have been that are now in a lawsuit uh, that are coming Probably. out. I mean, I would, you know, it's. It's that's it's man, that's a tough thing for someone to overcome because John, I mean, John screwed up. I mean, my God, like you can't like that's, <laughs> you know, some of the things he's saying, I mean, you're spitting in the face of, uh, of people like that's, yep. you know, you can't, that's why I can't, I can't get into that part of it. We don't have a long enough show to get into that part of it. And I'm not really ready to get into that part. And of it, look, that's right? the thing it, that it would have to come down to, and I don't even know how you do this. Like, you have to like talk to the players, and if they're not comfortable with it, you can't hire the guy. But and I wouldn't, ha- I would have no problem with players being uncomfortable for it because it's, I mean, it, it would racially charge everything. Like, you, like I, it's like kind of like what is this guy thinking? Like, you can't, de- you can't defend it. You can't. Defend no, it. no, you definitely would have to get the the temperature of the locker room and make sure that they're okay with it. Um, and if if it's a okay, head coaching role, not this. Yeah, well, if you're, they're not okay with it. I don't think you can do it. But but then again, like we said, I don't think they're okay with Dennis Allen and they're sticking with him. So Different circumstances, obviously. Well, that's definitely yeah. different circumstances for sure. So let's cross that boat when we get to uh, – cross that river when we get to it and we'll jump in that boat, I guess I should say. Um, but I don't know that that's going to happen. We've heard the grumblings and the rumors. Obviously, John Gruden has been around this team. If it happens, then we'll uh, then I'll have to give my opinion and tell you what I think. But right now, I don't know what I think to be honest. Uh, and again, it would completely matter. I think with Larry, like what Larry said, it would matter to me greatly with the people who would be working for him. With the, not the people he'd be working for, with the people who would be people who he would be coaching, I would care what they think. And so we'd probably find out pretty early if they were okay with it. I'd probably be okay with it. They weren't okay with it. I certainly wouldn't be okay with right. it. Right. If they were okay with it, then yes. But it comes down to that. It certainly comes down to that for me. A yeah. th- like a thousand percent, it comes down to that. No question. All right. Let's move on to the playoffs part of this. And you see the Super Bowl odds in the bottom left of the screen here. Let's let's dive in. We're going to start with the AFC. And I've got two slides here: one for the AFC and one for the NFC. Um, and I think the AFC, the story there, and the interesting part of it is at least in two of these games, well, only in two because one of them is being played indoors. But uh, the story in the Kansas City and the Buffalo game is going to be the weather. And I don't think the weather can be talked about enough because in Kansas City, I've seen this temperature forecast the temperature go down all week long. It started off as going to be about 10 degrees, wind chill somewhere around zero-ish. And now it's even worse. It's like they're saying the temperature is going to be zero or right below zero with wind chills around minus 20 or something. I don't care who you are. 
I don't care if, if you're from the north or your, your last name is Nanook. I mean, you can't. I mean, playing in that is a whole different animal. I could tell you from experience in a playoff scenario, it's, it's, it would be miserable. Uh, yeah. I, I'll just go back to the 2013 playoffs. Saints went up to Philadelphia. The night before the game, it was zero. Ooh. And me, Jeff, Catherine Terrell, um, we were in Philadelphia, you know, going to a restaurant, going to a bar, whatever. And you were out in the cold and it was zero. Complete misery. I don't, I don't know how you know do what anything. zero feels like. I don't know how you do anything. We woke up the next day and it, it jumped to 20. And it felt like it 16. felt balmy. I'm telling you, oh, it was that is that much of a difference. So yeah, I look, I don't care if you're Kansas City or what. I know you practice in cold, you used to cold. That's rigid yeah. Uh look, Miami's gonna be at a easily <laughs> disadvantage they're beat up like it's yeah it all points to a kansas city win to me look i've been in since i've been in cincinnati when it was six degrees and i think that's the coldest i've ever been in and it wasn't windy it was six degrees but let me tell you and i'm like let me let's say with six degrees oh lordy i mean again it wasn't windy i had you know a park on whatever it was and i walked outside i'm like I'm glad I'm inside for this because I don't want any part of that six degrees. And I just don't know how, uh, you know, you talk about Kansas City, you're on Kansas City. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's actually one of my best bets. Um, I got them in a teaser, not a teaser, a money line parlay. They just need to win. Uh, Kansas City and Buffalo, I got that as my best bet, uh, money line parlay between those two. And look, I, I'd be surprised if not just because Miami is a team from the south because a lot of those players are from the north. They played in cold before. You look at Tyreek Hill, he played in Kansas City, but, you know, Tua's is a Hawaiian guy. Right, that's what I, I was going to say. So, I Hawaii, mean, Alabama. Miami, exactly. I Miami, mean, I just, yeah. I just don't think this is – I don't think you can avoid getting past it. Tua probably hasn't played a lot in a lot of this stuff. I don't know. If and last year, look, last year when they went to Buffalo and they had to play in that mess, he wasn't a quarterback, and he was hurt. It was Skyler, whatever his name Skyler was. Thompson. Skyler Thompson. Skyler Thompson. I mean, he was quarterback in that team. So he, he didn't even quarterback then. So I just don't think that enough can be put on. I love the under in this game, by the way, because I don't think Kansas City's been playing all that well. No. Uh, so I'm not expecting them to all of a sudden be this great team. I don't know that I want to run and bet against Kansas City at any point. A good chance they play Buffalo next week. But, man, uh, I'll just say in this one alone, it would would it surprise you at all if the score was like twenty to seven? No, uh, because uh, even in good conditions, Kansas City hadn't been putting up points a lot this year. Look, Patrick Mahomes, statistically speaking, is having the worst year of his career, and by, it's like significant. Uh, part of it is definitely that he does not have Drops. pieces. Got, uh, well, drop the ball. Those are more heightened. They, he do, they don't like lead the league for Mahomes, so that's that's a heightened stat. But I mean, it's. I mean, you throw the ball to Marquez Valdez Scantling. Don't even. You might as well throw it into the stands. Like he's right. not catching it. So like, right. they, they're going to have to have an overhaul with skill position players. I mean, that's got to happen. Uh, it's not all Mahomes, but he's trying to do too much. Like that's part of it too. But this one, I don't think you have, you're going to have to try to do too much. Uh, and so yeah, like I, I think that uh, of the of the games this week, uh, it's probably to me that might be the easiest game to pick for me. Uh, if you're picking by the spread, I think maybe you're right because uh, I think Kansas City wins this one easily. I think they win by 
10 or more. I really do. Either Although, way. Yeah. But like I said, I think the easiest pick, if you're just looking for a, a number and one number to bet, I like actually the under again. And it, it's only dropped from 44 to 43 and a half. I thought it would go lower. And actually tomorrow when they play on game day, I actually do think it's going to go lower. I think this will get down to 42 or 41 and a half. So if you like it, bet it now. It's definitely not going any higher. And the other one of the game, we'll get to the first game last. Um, Buffalo and the Steelers, I mean, this line's kind of, it was at 10 for a while. It started at 9.5, it went to 10, it's back at 9.5, kind of begging you to bet on Buffalo here. This is another game where, you know, some guys I were listening to were saying, remember back that Buffalo was at Buffalo and New England game when they played in that wind? They're supposed to have like a 30, sustained 30-mile-an-hour wind. It could be a lot like that where, I mean, points are just going to be at a premium. I just don't see how, especially I don't see Pittsburgh scoring, but I don't think Buffalo's going to score a whole lot either. That's why I don't know that I would be running to the window to, to give away nine and a half points in a game where you might only have 14 or 18 points scored. Right. Uh, well, I could tell you, look, Pittsburgh's offense is playing markedly better since Mason Rudolph became the No quarter. question. There's no doubt about that. Uh, but actually, one of the things that it, you – Quarterback aside, they run in the football now. Like they're actually running it really well. Najee Harris, Jalen Warren, like they are finally bow, 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 getting it done. So in this type of game, the fact that they have been doing that very well the last few weeks could a it could it could shorten the game and that spread. You're right. Like if we're talking in those terms, I mean, it could be you know seven points, Too eight much. Points, you know, yeah, yeah. So something like that, uh, and then uh, and then. Buffalo hasn't been running it as well as they did the last couple of weeks uh, when when Cook went off and they were running running wild, and that hasn't been the case. And Josh Allen, look, he's a risk taker. So, you know, I, I, I feel like I'm with you in that. Buffalo, to me, is obvious favorite, uh, but, like, it could be a close game. Uh, no T.J. Watt is going to be an issue, too. Well, that's, that, that's the reason why I ended up putting Buffalo in that uh... – Money line teaser. Because if the Steelers can't rush the quarterback and put pressure on Josh Allen, even with super wind, he's going to find a way to get the ball even on short passes or whether he runs the ball and gets out of the pocket. So actually, like, and I don't know what the number is for this, but Josh Allen over rushing yards, because I do think he's going to run the ball uh, a decent amount tomorrow. Again, he's not going to try to throw it deep all that much, and if he finds an opening with T.J. Watt going, he's going to take it. So... If if the over under rushing total on on T, on Josh Allen is somewhere in the the low to mid thirties, which is probably what it's going to be, I take the over on that. That might be a good player prop to take. But it's going to be snowy supposedly, uh, blizzard like conditions. Again, it's going to be the wind more than I think it's going to be the snow. It's not going to be as cold in Buffalo as it is going to be in Kansas City, but it's going to be pretty cold there too. So two interesting weather games. And by the way, if you don't know this already, if you want to watch the Dolphins Chiefs game. You're either going to have to go to a bar and watch it or you're going to have to pay for Peacock because that is the only way to watch that game. My son does it all the time when they have games like that and they're not on regular TV. He calls, hello, how, how do I watch this game? What's your sign on for Peacock? How do you, what's Peacock? So I'm just telling you, there's a lot of people out there that don't realize that that game's on Peacock and that's the only way to watch that game. So that's coming up. All right, the first game is interesting to me because I think the AFC is so wide open. I actually think the Browns are a good value. Right now, they're like 30 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. Somewhere around 15 or 16 to 1 to win the AFC. And I'm not saying they're going to win the AFC. I am just saying that there is a 
Good value right there on the Cleveland Browns because I think they win this game. And if they have to go to Buffalo next week, which I mean to Baltimore next week, which is where they'd go if Kansas City and Buffalo both win, I think no team on this whole sheet right here matches up with Baltimore better than the Cleveland Browns. I agree with the last point, but I pick the Texans. Okay. And I think CJ Stroud can deal with this and and make things happen. I, I just again, I'm going. You know me. I go quarterbacks a lot. Joe Flacco. He's had a he's had a nice run. Uh, his numbers. Like, it's like he could throw for a bunch of picks and then all of a sudden throw for touchdowns and then it it levels out. But still, like Joe Flacco is still Joe Flacco. I mean, I'm not. Uh, I don't deny that. That's the thing. Like I I don't. I feel like Stroud is. Uh, we're seeing a guy who is going to be really good for a long time. And I, I don't think this moment's too big for him. Here's what I likened that to yesterday. And the reason why I like Cleveland here, uh, rookie quarterbacks in general, just don't play well in their first pl- ever playoff game. They just don't. Uh, if you go back, I can't remember the time frame on it, but the last 44 games that a rookie or first time playoff quarterback has played against an experienced quarterback, uh, 17 and 31 against the spread. So, and I don't, you go back and I like in CJ Stroud's game here, I think it's going to be a lot like his first game against Baltimore. Whereas to me, in, in, a, in, a, in sorts, it is his first game. And I get, oh, Derry, be quiet. He's played 14, 15 games or however many he's played this year. Doesn't matter. When you play in the playoffs, it's a whole different animal. And I get the crowd's going to be rocking, but he had to put out so much energy last week. And when you start thinking about it all week long, you're thinking about it. It's playoffs, it's playoffs, it's playoffs. I think it's a different animal. And you got an experienced quarterback in Joe Flacco and the number one defense in the NFL. I hear where you're coming from, but uh, I don't think C.J. Stroud has seen this before, and I really like Cleveland. Although I will say this, the public's all over Cleveland here, and I don't like that part of it. You did not believe in the Texans last week, and I went with Stroud. Come on, no, get on. No, 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 no. Get I on board. Not, no, you're, 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 that's not what I said. I said I didn't like picking that game, and I didn't, really didn't have a good feel either way. And the only reason why I was taking the Colts is because the public was all over Houston. That was literally the only reason why I was taking Houston. This week, I'm taking Cleveland despite the fact that the public is on Cleveland. So I hardly ever go with the public. I usually either stay away from a game, which is basically what I did last week when it came down to Texans Colts. I didn't play that game. And I think I might have put 20 bucks on it just to have fun. But I, I stayed away from that game for the most part. This week, I'm betting with Aunt Mabel, and that says a lot. So I don't do that very often. I really I don't like know, public, schmublic, whatever. I go. I, well, I know. <laughs> I you look, don't at look at it numbers. in a light. <laughs> I get it. But I'm not. If they got uh, 70% on one side, I'm not going that way. More, way more times than not. So and that's the case here. Most of the people like Cleveland. I get your point, and I can be proven wrong. C.J. Stroud is definitely a – I have not given him enough credit all year long. There's no question about that. I just think that the playoffs is a different animal. We'll find out on Saturday again. That one's on NBC. You can just watch that with old rabbit ears. You're going you're gonna to have fun watching that one. So we'll see. Let's move on to the NFC. Um, my question for you is, is San Francisco that much better than anyone, everyone else? Are we just watching these games for funsies? Can any of these six teams beat San Francisco? Trying to think of the circumstances. Dallas would have to play them in San Everybody's got to play them in San Francisco. That's right. In no, any of those scenarios, no. I kind I of agree so. with you. I don't know. I don't know that. The only team I think, I think there's two teams that I think would have a chance. 
The other four teams don't even have it, like zero, and I think almost zero chance. The only two teams I think that have a chance to beat San Francisco on this list are Dallas and the Rams. And look, I don't want to hear from you guys, people say, well, the Dallas lost 40 to 7 or whatever the hell it was. That doesn't mean anything to me. Just because you put one game doesn't, one game is never going to mean anything to me. But there's a reason why the 49ers are still the Super Bowl favorite because they're saying whatever it was one game they lost to the Ravens. Well, and they're, yeah. Exactly, but they're they're also the Super Bowl favorite at plus two twenty, which is a ridiculous number, by the way. At this point, that's that's super low. Uh, but everybody's betting on San Francisco, so usually that's another reason to stay away from them as well. But I I do think Dallas and the Rams would have a chance. I'm not saying that Dallas and the Rams are going to get that far. We'll talk about the games as we go along here. I'm just saying to me, those are the only two teams that match up well against San Francisco. I don't think any of the others do. Let's talk about Green Bay and Dallas first, uh, 3.30 on Sunday in Fox. I thought it was weird how the NFL put the NFC games last and put the AFC games first. Maybe it just worked out that way, how they got picked or whatever, but I, I just thought that was super odd. I think this game is going to have a lot of points scored in it. Um, look, I know Jordan Love has played really well as of late, uh, and my guess is you're going you're gonna to take Dallas in a, in, a, in a slim margin is my guess. But I just don't know how Green Bay's defense can stick – can handle Dallas at all, and I just think that Green Bay hasn't played anybody as of late. I know they beat Kansas City a few weeks ago, but this is a, another, a different animal. I think Dallas wins big here. I agree with you. Uh, okay. Look, C.D. Lamb and Brandon Cooks, they have been playing super well. Look, Jake Ferguson is a weapon. I know they haven't been I running agree. the ball a ton, uh, but Dak's been playing awesome. I mean, yeah. and it's it, 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 he, it really has. Like, there's a reason why he was a viable MVP candidate. Now, Jordan Love, you're right. He's been playing really well, basically for the last half of the season. Like, it's like he flipped the switch and all of a sudden. Right. Uh, I just don't think that they can hang with Dallas yet. And so I think that's uh, – yeah, I think Dallas can win that one. I mean, maybe a couple touchdowns. Like, I, I just yeah, feel well, like – I mean, they scored, I think, 30 points or more in every in every home game they've had this year. Yeah, I, I just don't see like it, it, here's the thing. If Green Bay would put would be playing basically any other team that's in the NFC right now, yeah. I'd give them I'd either pick them or say they have a good shot at at pulling off an upset. This is not the team, though, that they can yeah, do that. No, I completely agree. That's gonna be an interesting game. It'll be fun though. I think it'll be a fun game. I think there'll be a lot of points scored. I actually like the over fifty and a half. I think it'll be fun. I just don't see Green Bay being able to keep up. But I will say this. For the future, I think this is going to do a lot for Green Bay going in the future. And Jordan Love's experience that he gets in this game, I love Matt LaFleur and what he's doing with his team. I think it's amazing. Once he got past Aaron Rodgers, you know he couldn't wait for Aaron Rodgers to get out of the building. This team has really got a bright future ahead of it. I love Green Bay going forward. All right, I'm going to save the Rams and Lions for last because that is the marquee matchup of the weekend. By the way, in that Dallas game, you talked about not being able to run the ball. I actually like the way Tony Pollard's been able to run the ball. One of my best bets of the week is over 61 and a half rushing yards for Tony Pollard. Well, lately, yes. It's finally kind of got going, but it's well, been... Green Bay's I got mean, a terrible run defense, so... Right, right. Well, I know fantasy football peeps probably want to claw their eyes out because they took probably. Tony Pollard too early. Yeah, well... I'm, I'm taking it. You did that. All right. I did uh, not. Okay. I did not. Thankfully. Okay. All right. Let's save the, the middle game for last. I'm going to go to the Eagles and Tampa Bay here. And look, I get why people don't like Philadelphia. Uh, they haven't played well. They lost, what, five out of their last six games. But some for the same reasons you were talking about earlier, Tampa Bay doesn't even deserve to be in the playoffs, in my opinion. No one 
from the NFC South. I think the Eagles, I don't care how bad they've been playing, and I know how banged up they are. There's no way I'm not taking Philadelphia here. I agree. I just don't see – I know their defense has been really bad, and they, they don't even know who's calling the plays each week for, for defense. But Tampa, Tampa's like – they should be out. Like, they should be like Jacksonville. Like, they played their way right. out, and right. they're in. Right. Like, so that's that's the thing. Like, I, I don't – I don't care how bad the, the defense has been for the Eagles. I mean, Jalen Hurts and it, like they'll yeah, be able to. Could look like this. I don't care what he could. His hand, it could look like Fred Sanford. Just tush push the way down the field. Exactly. You know, go for it. Go do a tush push on all four downs. Get like two and a half yards of carry, and then that, that's all they got to do. But no, well, I, what, I can't go. I can't pick Tampa. I just no. That's, no. Yeah. Well, with their nine to nothing win last week for Tampa against a Carolina team that couldn't wait. They had their suitcases packed. They couldn't wait to get out of there and start moving home, uh, back to their homes last week. So with that game, Tampa Bay moved up from the worst passing defense in the league to 30th. So now they're only third worth. Uh, worst. And look, A.J. Brown's banged up. Devontae Smith's banged up. I don't care. Jalen Hurts And Jalen Hurts, again, his hands look like this right now. I don't care. Doesn't matter. Still going to be able to throw the ball against this terrible Tampa defense. I think, I think it's a methodical, boring game that – Tampa wins. I mean, Philadelphia wins something in the neighborhood of like, I don't know, twenty-three to fourteen or something boring like that. I still think they could put up points. The Eagles could probably put up points because if they choose to, they might just run the ball. DeAndre Swift might have one hundred fifty yards rushing. Okay, maybe so. All right, we saved the best for last. I think it's the best. It's the most intriguing game for sure. Uh, Matt Stafford's going back to Detroit to play his former team. Jared Goff's playing his former team and his former coach and Sean McVay against the Rams, uh, look, again, another game where the public's on the Rams, and I, and I get why, and I don't, I hate betting with the public, but I just, I think Dan Campbell has screwed a lot of things up going down the stretch here. I like the Rams, and actually, I think the Rams could be one of those teams where it wouldn't surprise, I got a couple little futures on them. Uh, not a lot, but I bet a little bit on them to, to, to make some real noise, because I don't think anyone wants to play the Rams right now. This is eerie, but uh, I'm picking the Rams as well. What's oh the matter God. with us? What is the We're matter with us? Six. We're five <laughs> out of six. That's not good. What is the matter with us? Yeah, I well, I, look, Matt Stafford has actually played pretty well all season. But, again, the back half of the season, I mean, he has been like the Matt Stafford of uh, two years ago. Like, he's been he's been excellent. And he's not even leaning on Cooper Cup. I mean, you know, you have uh, Puka Nakua who – Man, what a bad year to have an incredible rookie year right. when you got to go against Stroud. Right. Like, he'd be the right. hands down. 100%. would be hands down rookie of the year. And right. it's going to be like, eh. Uh, you, can't, so that's, you can't not pick C.J. Stroud. You have to. Right. You can't. You have to. Like, there's right. no doubt. But, like, any other year, Puka wins this. So, yeah. that's a bummer for him. But bright future for actually uh, for the Rams. And he, he's probably going to keep Matt Stafford playing. He's like, oh, I got this young guy and I got Cooper. I think I'm, I'm going to keep this. Yeah. No, I do think, though, that – yeah, I, I, it's almost like the Lions hex. Like, I, I just, no, I think the Rams I think that's part are going to go in there. They're not going to be, a lot of those guys are not going to be intimidated by Detroit and their crowd. And, uh, right. Jared Goff could all of a sudden start throwing picks. It's happened. Like, it's funny because you know how I do the rates every week. And Jared Goff is like, his rates have been consistently like solid to good every, like yeah. throughout each quarter of the season. But it all comes with a high and a low, and so it averages out. So this could easily be like a low, and then the Rams escape and, and, and pull off this upset. 
Yeah, I, I just think that the Rams are that much better. And I will say this, even if they're not that much better, I think Sean McVay is that much better. Um, I think there's a reason why he stayed around. I was surprised, frankly, that he stayed there. Uh, I thought he was leaving for sure because he had talked about leaving after winning the Super Bowl, and I thought he was leaving, but he saw something in this team. And I don't think enough can be, we haven't talked about it, but I, I don't think enough can be talked said about Kyron Williams and, and the life he's injected to this Rams offense as well. I just, I mean, the Rams offense, you can talk about whatever, you can talk about Kansas City all you want, you can talk about Buffalo all you want, you can even talk about, I know the Ravens have a, it's a different kind of offense, you talk about San Francisco, but you can make a case that the Rams have the best offense in the playoffs. Well, the pieces are kind of healthy again, which is good. Uh, and then, yeah, you got Williams back. He's running the ball super well. Uh, ball, he, sometimes he fumbles, so that's that's kind of an issue. Yeah. But and, and, yeah, Matt Stafford's playing comfortable, man. He's Like I said, he's playing like that guy he played a couple of years ago. Yes, he is. And so that's – I didn't expect that to happen this year. So that's that's a big uh, kudos to him. But, yeah, like I said, I think, yeah, the Rams are uh, are certainly playing hot. Like, uh, if you look at any of these teams going into the playoffs, uh, I, I would say the Rams, if there's anyone you don't want to play, you say the Browns in the AFC. I could I can get on board with that, even though I picked the answer. But I do think, though, that the Rams are a team you do not want to run into. And they ran into a team that's probably best suited for them to pull off this win and maybe keep that momentum going. And to be more make it more interesting, if Larry and I are right, if the Rams – Eagles and Cowboys win next week in the divisional round. It would be Rams at San Francisco and Philadelphia at Dallas. How about that? Be that fun. Both of those and, would be fun. <laughs> and it could be that and Kansas City at Buffalo and Cleveland at, at Baltimore. I don't know that you could put together if if it happens like we basically predicted. We're mixed. We're split on the Cleveland Houston game. But if it happens like that. I mean, I don't think you could get a better divisional round. Cleveland and Baltimore would be a funner game than Houston Baltimore. You know, like I saw hundred percent. Like I agree with you. Like so for matchup sakes, I do hope that maybe I'm wrong with the Texans and just for pure uh, what I want to see and have these teams go at it. That that those would be the matchups I'd like to see. I'm just saying if those four games come to fruition and that's what you have next week, obviously the the you know, we're predicting, and it, it, that doesn't mean it's going to happen. probably won't if that's actually what we're predicting. How often are we going to be right about six games or even five of six together? We have five of six that we're picking together with the chance that all five of six are right. But if it were to happen, man, that would be a whole lot of fun. Philadelphia at Dallas, Rams at uh, San Francisco, Cleveland at, at Baltimore. I'm looking, I'm looking forward to possibility. Kansas City at Buffalo. All of those would be fun. So, yeah. anyway. We'll see what happens. All right. Uh, any final thoughts before we go off the air, Mr. Holder? Uh, you know, we're kind of back into our regular our – reg- I don't know how it was for you guys, but we got the phone call about uh, out of an abundance of caution. We just had two weeks off of school, and we had to, like, take another day off of school because, oh, God, we had some rain and some wind the other day. Well, which was funny because – that Friday before, there was a fire at the Algiers power substation, and the power yeah, that's went right. out. That's right. That's why I had to I had to cut it short last week. That's so right. So I was like, I had that, then that, and then of course they're off next. They're off Monday, uh, and then who knows? It's going to be cold because I know you live on the North Shore. It's going to be colder next week. Uh oh, might is. happen again. We're, it's supposed to be. They're they're forecasting 17 degrees for Mandeville. That with some potential freezing rain overnight, Monday night 
into Tuesday morning. So I already know. You know, we're off for Martin Luther King Day on Monday. I'm, I'm like 98% certain that the St. Tammany superintendent is going to call me with his robocall. Out of an abundance of caution, we're not going to go to school again. I well, mean, my kid, Christ. my kid would love that because it would, it is, uh, his birthday is Tuesday and my okay. birthday is Tuesday. Oh, sure. well, happy birthday, Mr. Holder. Are you, are you 39 again? Man, I, 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 no, we're not playing that game. Too many gray my hairs. Does. My wife says, she says the leprechaun visitor on her 29th birthday <laughs> and that, um, that she's still 29, which we've been together for 18 years. So you do the math. I mean, she, if she's 29, you know, and we've been together My wife for 18 is, years. is four months older than me, but so in graduation years, she's above me. But there's no doubt she looks younger than me. There's no oh, doubt. Wow. So, like, like zero to. doubt she looks younger than me. So that's good. Well, I'm trying to get brownie points here in the Datitude podcast. <laughs> All right, we will talk to you, and hopefully we'll have those aforementioned divisional matchups we'll get to talk about, and I'm sure we'll find a way to bring up the black and gold some kind of way. I'm sure there will be something from from now to then that will something that will be notable. Of course there will. There always is with this <laughs> freaking team. Let's just put it that way. Like I said, I'm going to try to turn the page. That doesn't mean I'm going to. I mean, you really can't not you can't really fully turn the page anyway. So, anyway. You guys ready for the big freeze of this weekend? Look, it's part of what's going to make the NFL wildcard weekend fun. Uh, obviously, in Tampa Bay, you won't have super cold. Well, I don't know, though. It might be cold in Tampa Bay, too. I never looked at the forecast. It's probably going to be cold there, too, but not like it's going to be in Kansas City and in Buffalo. Hoo-wee! I mean, you're talking about some real, real cold. Bone, I mean, like, Kansas City, it could be, like, one of the top ten coldest games ever. That's saying something. So I'll be looking forward to that. Again, I like both of those unders. If you want to, if you know what a teaser is, I don't usually, I'm not advocating, uh, I'm not a big advocate of teasers when it comes to totals. I only like going, and I, look, I like, I've told you this before. I like certain numbers. I like going through threes. I like going through sixes. So it's hard to, to do that with a teaser to get the right number to tease. But if you want to tease both of those unders, I'm not going to tell you not to think there's some money to be made this weekend. So you got the, the zero degrees with the wind chill factors and the minus teens in Kansas City. And then you got like 30-mile-an-hour winds in Buffalo with some snow flying around. You could have blizzard-like conditions. Even in New Orleans. For those of you that don't aren't from here and you just picked me up from wherever, we, had, we told you a little earlier, we got Paul Seymour, who's listening from Denver, even though he's a uh, New Orleanian, uh, native New Orleanian, was born and raised here. Uh, for those of you who don't know, it's supposed to get down into, I live on the North Shore, uh, North Shore of Lake Pontchartrain, which is about uh, 25, 30 miles north of the city of New Orleans. And it's supposed to get down uh, 17 here on Tuesday night. Uh, they're talking about p- potential frozen precipitation here, where I live. And down in the city, it's supposed to get down in the lower 20s. So... If you're not from New Orleans and you don't haven't spent a lot of time here, that is like super duper cold for us. That's like a once every two year kind of cold. So even here, it's gonna be interesting. I can't wait, and I made a joke about it with Larry, but I can't wait for the phone call. I'm surprised they haven't gotten it already. Due to an abundance of caution, 
we're going to be canceling school on Tuesday because it's going to be cold. It's coming. I'm telling you right now. A friend of mine, Andy Kenyell, had sent me a, a meme. He said, uh, 2024, uh, it's going to be, due to high winds, we're going to close school. 1983. Uh, due to the tornado, we are asking students to go out into the hallways and put books over their head. By the way, there'll be pizza for lunch. It's the truth. It's the truth, man. I'm not saying either one of them is right. I'm just saying. Uh, kids get out of school for everything these days. And teachers, you guys don't help. We shouldn't have to go to school today. Um, it's your job, and you're only in school like 175 days a year. Uh, go to work. Did he just say that on the air? You just lost like 10% of your listeners, Derry. Uh, it is what it is. I always say dumb things. All right, let's close the show out before I say anything else that's dumb. Look, how are we going to go out today? All I'm asking, if you're Dennis Allen, is asking for what? A little R-E-S-P-E-C-T? Tell them, Maritha. I'm just saying, that's all this dude needs. This team, if, he, if Dennis Allen got respect, so it's a player's fault. Dennis Allen had respect, they'd be good, man. It'd be at least 10 and 7. They'd at least go to the first round and then got their asses kicked in the first round of the playoffs this week. And just think, you could be getting ready to play the Philadelphia Eagles right now. I don't know what's better. I don't know what's worse. But all I'm asking is for a little respect. I'm also asking that you all have a great weekend. Enjoy the football games. There are six of them because football season is winding down. It gets sad after this one. After this week's over, think about it. There are only seven football games left after this weekend. And I don't know about you, but that kind of makes me sad. So that's where we are. We've got 13 games left, right? Is that right? Four, two, one. My short math is, uh, takes me a little while. Maybe I'm the one that doesn't deserve respect. <laughs> Whatever it is. I don't know, but we, we hope y'all have a great one. Go buy you some king cake. Enjoy yourselves. Sit at home in front of the tube. We'll talk to you next Friday. Back to our regular off-season schedule once a week, except when we feel the need. There's something we need to say. We'll come on on a Monday or a Wednesday or whatever. I got a special guest. We'll do a different day. But for now, pretty much back to every Friday. So we'll see you next Friday here on Datitude. Peace and love, my friends.